Hello everyone and welcome back to the Commander's Forge. My name is Andy Bentley and the Forge is an area for me to talk about magic, commander, and anything else that happens to be floating around in this crazy mind of mine. Now, clearly the uh, Magic Con Minnesota was very fun. It was. But my god has my batteries been drained all week. Yet said, I just, I haven't had the energy for anything, and I'm sorry for that, but man was it a lot. So, now on the bright side, I don't have anything planned until the week of July 4th. And that's going to be a road trip with me and my cousin, and we're just going to hit the road, drive west, see how far we can get, and then come back. And we're going to hit up some interesting areas along the way. And we have most of the details hammered out for that, and I'm going to start saving up some money for that trip. And see, that's in July. And then I don't have any trips planned for... August, but in September, we have the Commander Sealed 2023 up in Rochester, New York. And then in October, I'm going on a cruise. So I packed a lot of travel into this year, and I'm going to be spending a lot of my downtime recovering. So don't be surprised if I am just kind of dead to the world for a little bit. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a good time, but it's gonna take a lot out of me. Now, the other thing I kind of wanted to touch on was the uh, March of Machines Commander decks and their inclusion of the Plane Chase cards. So naturally, I would need to get new sleeves for the new plane chase cards. The problem is the sleeves that I have my plane chase cards in are no longer made. And I've had those sleeves for I don't even remember when Plane Chase Anthology came out, but I I bought them to sleeve all of my plane chase cards. So, yeah. If if Watsy could get on that that would be great if they're going to be releasing new plane chase cards regularly at this point. Perhaps we could start making the sleeves that fit those cards again. Just throwing it out there. And uh, yeah, that's kind of all I wanted to touch on this week. So I'll see you in a few minutes or a minute or whenever when we get to the next part. I'll be right back. Hey. I just want to take a minute to tell you about my Patreon. I know times are hard for everybody, and I know it isn't easy to shuffle around bills and stuff, believe me, I know that. But if you would like to help support the podcast and me, you can find the links to my Patreon in my link tree, which is always put into the description of either the video or the audio wherever you're listening to it it would really mean the world to me honestly i'm 
just struggling to make ends meet most weeks. But that's it. That's all. If you want to help, the links will be where you can find them. And welcome back. Now, today I want to talk about a deck that I actually put together while looking for other cards for a different deck. And let me get into that real quick. So I pulled the new Obnix list and I was like, oh, that's cool. Let me see what I have laying around for it. That's fine. But in looking for cards for that, I found the remnants of my Tassiger lands and turns deck that kind of got taken apart for being too oppressive just because of the amount of times you could loop stuff with Tassiger. And I had eventually split off the lands part of that and turned it into a green-black lands list. But while I was going through that, I found uh, Jadzi Oracle of Arkvos. And I thought about putting my lands turns deck back together using this. So Jadzi is 6 blue-blue for a 5-5 five, five human wizard. You can discard a card to return Jadzi to its owner's hand, and it has Magecraft... Whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcerer, reveal the top card of your library. If it's a non-land card, you may cast it by paying one. Rather than paying its mana cost, if it's a land card, put it onto the battlefield. Now, more importantly, she has a flip side, Journey to the Oracle. Two green green for a sorcery. You may put any number of land cards from your hand onto the battlefield. Then, if you control eight or more lands, you may discard a card. If you do, you return Journey to the Oracle to its owner's hand. So ideally, it's turn four, you have four lands in hand, along with something else. You pay four, you cast Journey to the Oracle, put four lands into play, pitch another card, put it back into your hand, and then the next turn you have enough mana to cast Jadzi. Right, that's in a perfect world. Now, I did mention that this was a lands and turns deck. The thing with Jedzi being able to cast things for one mana gets around a lot of the insane costs on extra turn spells. So going in, we have Karn's Temporal Sundering, which is four blue blue for a legendary sorcery. Target player takes an extra turn after this one return up to one target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. Exile Karn's Temporal Sundering. Walk the Aeons, four blue blue for a sorcery. It has buyback. Sacrifice three islands. Target player takes an extra turn after this one. Part the Water Veil, 4 blue-blue. Blue. Take an extra turn after this one, it's a sorcery. It has Awakened for 6, for 6 blue-blue-blue. Beacon of Tomorrows, 6 blue-blue for a sorcery. Target player takes an extra turn after this one. Shuffle Beacon of Tomorrows into its owner's library. All Runs Epiphany, 5 blue-blue sorcery. Create 2, 1-1 one, one blue bird creature tokens with flying. Take an extra turn after this one. Exile All Runs Epiphany, it has Foretell for 4 blue-blue. Temporal Mastery, 5 blue-blue for a sorcery. Take an extra turn after this one. Exile Temporal Mastery. It also has a miracle for 1 and a blue. Time Stretch, 8 blue-blue for a sorcery. Target player takes 2 extra turns after this one. Time Warp, 3 blue-blue for a sorcery. Target player takes an extra turn after this one. Temporal Manipulation, 3 blue-blue for a sorcery. Take an extra turn after this one. Expropriate. 7 blue-blue for a sorcery. It has Council's Dilemma. Starting with you, each player votes for time or money. For each time vote, you take an extra turn. For each money vote, you choose a permanent that the voter controls and gain control of it. Exile, expropriate. 
And finally, we have Nexus of Fate. Five blue blue for an instant. Take an extra turn after this one. If Nexus of Fate would be put into a graveyard from anywhere, shuffle it, or I'm sorry, reveal Nexus of Fate and shuffle it into its owner's library. Okay, so expensive extra turn spells. And you notice that most of them are sorceries. So let's go into some of our utility spells that we're keeping around to help us get around some of this stuff. Vidalkanori is a 4-mana artifact. You may play non-land cards anytime you could play an instant. Leyline of Anticipation. 2 blue-blue. Enchantment. If it's in your opening hand, you may begin the game with it on the battlefield, and you may cast spells as though they had flash. And then our last kind of the purely utility things that we're running is going to be Sensei's Divining Top. Single-mana artifact. Pay 1, look at the top 3 cards, put them back in any order. Tap, draw a card, then put Sensei's Divining Top on top of its owner's library. So, in addition to being able to set up with Top, if we need to cycle it on top and then, you know, cast, like, a spell to do something, we reveal the top and get to play it off the top again. So, now that we get past the extra turn spells, you get into the real meat of the deck, and that's the lands side of the deck. So one of the biggest things with lands is the ability to play them from your graveyard. So we made sure we gave ourselves uh, several ways to do that. First up, we have Crucible of Worlds, three-man artifact, and we play lands from your graveyard. Next up, Ramanup Excavator, Two and a green for a Naga Cleric. It's a 2-3. You may play lands from your graveyard. Life from the Loam is one and a green for a sorcery. Return up to three target land cards from your graveyard to your hand, and it has dredge three. Ancient Green Warden is four green green for a 5-7 elemental with reach. You may play lands from your graveyard, and if a land entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, the ability triggers an additional time. Perennial Behemoth is a 5-mana 2-7 beast. You may play lands from your graveyard. It also has Unearth for double green. And finally, Splendid Reclamation, 3 and a green for a sorcery. Return all land cards from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. Alright, now that's going to bring us to how exactly is this deck going to try and win the game. And yeah. The first thing up there is a little combo we have called Titania, Protector of Argroth, and Scapeshift. So Titania is 3 green green for a 5-3 elemental. When she enters the battlefield, return target land card from your graveyard to the battlefield. And whenever a land you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, you put a 5-3 green elemental creature token onto the battlefield. Splendid Reclamation is 2 green green for a sorcery. Sacrifice any number of lands. Search your library for up to that many land cards. Put them onto the battlefield tapped. And then shuffle your library. So yes, this does not just hit basics. And you can just get everything out of play into your graveyard. Everything out of your library into play. Then Splendid Reclamation to bring everything back. It's It's insane. Yeah, that's what it is. Now, the main win condition we're going to go for just about every time is going to be animating our lands. And we're going to do that with something like Kamal's Will, which is three and a green for an instant. You can choose one, or if you have your commander, you choose both. 
Until end of turn, any number of target lands you control become 1-1 elemental creatures with Vigilance, Indestructible, and Haste. They are still lands. And choose target creature you don't control. Each creature you control deals damage equal to its power to that creature. Next up, we have Sylvan Awakening, 2 and a green for a sorcery. Until your next turn, all lands you control become 2-2 elemental creatures with Reach, Indestructible, and Haste. They're still lands. Uh, Nissa, who shakes the world, is animating lands slightly slower. Uh, she's 3 green green for a 5 loyalty planeswalker. Whenever you tap a forest for mana, add an additional green. Put 3 plus 1 plus 1 counters on up to 1 target non-creature land you control. Untap it. It becomes a 0-0 elemental creature with vigilance and haste. That's still a land, and that's her plus 1. And then her minus 8 is you get an emblem with land you control, have indestructible, search your library for any number of forest cards, put them onto the battlefield tapped, and then shuffle your library. Now, we may not always be able to rely on that, so we do have a backup strategy with some big tokens or just going big. Uh, Renin 7 is 3 green green for a 5 loyalty planeswalker. It's plus 1 is reveal the top 4 cards of your library. Put all land cards revealed this way into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. I don't have to explain why that is good with Journey to the Oracle. For 0, you can put any number of land cards from your hand onto the battlefield tapped, which is essentially the text of Journey to the Oracle. But for minus three, you create a green tree folk creature token with reach, and this creature's power and toughness are each equal to the number of lands you control, hence the go big. And then for negative eight, return all permanent cards from your graveyard to your hand. You get an emblem with you have no maximum hand size. Tireless Tracker is two and a green for a three two human scout. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, investigate. And whenever you sacrifice a clue, put a plus one plus one counter on Tireless Tracker. So this just machine guns out clue tokens, and then as we sack the clue tokens, the tracker gets bigger, hence going big. Now we get into arguably two of the better win cons in the deck. The first one being Scoot Swarm. Two and a green for a 1-1 insect with landfall whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control. Create a 1-1 green insect creature token. If you control six or more lands, you create a token that's a copy of Scoot Swarm instead. And I don't think I need to explain why that's insane in a land stack. And finally, we have the OG, the original Avenger of Zendikar. Five green green for a 5-5 five five elemental. When it enters the battlefield, you make 0-1 green plant creature tokens for each land you control. And it has landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you can put a plus one plus one counter on each plant you control. And then you do nutty stuff if you have the guy that doubles up landfall triggers. It's ta-da, it's lands and turns. Uh yeah. I'll let you know how it goes when I have the chance to actually play it. Or, you know, the energy to actually play it. Uh, that said, I will see you next time. Uh, bye bye Thank you for listening. All of my links can be found in my link tree in the description below. I would like to thank Ian Foss and Cody Mulpey of the band The Crypt for allowing me to use music for my opening and ending, along with Nate and Erica Jacobs for making my original logo. And I would also like to thank Christina McNichol, 
for creating my new logo. And I'll see you next time.